0: Welcome back to Dante's Paradiso Podcast, a journey in the original Italian with Richard Emerson. And today we have our first guest on this podcast. Robert Louis Abrahamson is Emeritus Professor in English for the European Division of the University of Maryland. And he studied at Amherst College, University of Edinburgh and Rutgers University. Born in Philadelphia, he later moved to England in the 1980s and currently lives in the market town of Aundel, not too far from Cambridge where he is the chairman of the Cambridge Dickens Fellowship. He has also a wonderful series on Dante's Inferno, Purgatory and Paradiso on his Evening Under Lamplight podcast, which is highly recommended. And that's also how we got in touch uh, in the beginning now, a few weeks ago. And he's also doing a regular radio show currently on Cambridge 105 radio. So Robert Lewis Abrahamson, welcome to Dante's Paradiso podcast. Grazie, grazie. <laughs> yeah. piacere piacere mio, so uh, I thought we could first start very briefly with your first personal discovery of Dante and your journey with Dante for several decades uh, before we get into the specifics of today's topic, which is the sphere of the moon and then the ascent to the empyrean as the first step. so then, for you first now, how did you come to Dante in the beginning, both like maybe when you encountered it the first time and when you had your first real deep connection to the poem.
1: Uh- I must have heard about Dante. Who wouldn't have? Um, But it was probably uh, in um, 1974, perhaps, when um, there was the Dorothy Sayers, the Blue Penguin Dorothy Sayers, in a secondhand bookshop in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh, It's vivid in my mind, you see. And I bought all three, probably a dollar each or something. And I still have them. And so I read slowly through it it took me i think it took me a few years to get through paradiso mm. i have um, which is very interesting because I, I cover these things in black in brown paper and i have diary entries from about 1977 um, uh, with my wife's grandfather i have these written down on the back of of paradiso so it took me a long time mm. and when i finished one of my friends who um who's very much into italian literature and said well we must open a bottle of wine. You must have a drink. It's to celebrate any time you finish the Divine Comedy, and so we did. Um, and uh, what well, Dorothy say just opened my mind to a lot of possibilities about Dante and about literature. Mm. And then, and then, many years later, they they phoned me up from the university to um, uh, they were planning the new term, and, the, and they said we made a mistake. We put down on the schedule you know english 377 we meant to put 378 uh but but we're stuck with 377 which is called medieval myth and modern narrative uh, you, you know you're the only one who could teach that would you like to teach that class and i immediately thought Dante mm. <laughs> Dant, medieval myth and so i you know i needn't tell you what the modern narratives were but so i ended up teaching dante every other year just the inferno. Mm they there was a move can we go on to purgatorio um just by email group uh, which lasted maybe four cantos before everybody died or or something um yeah
0: it's it's interesting and then
1: in in the in the late 80s early 90s i suppose i was teaching at a at a retirement education center in bedford and we did all sorts of great things and we did dante in a whole year we did the whole divine comedy three cantos a week Mm -hmm. and i read them aloud and so i've read the whole divine comedy aloud and um uh, that was a great delight and then when i started teaching for the workers educational association on zoom let's do dante again Mm. and that led me to produce these podcasts Mm. um so so the, the, the thing about dante is that you can you, he gives you imagery for everything in your life so mm. that you know if you see let's not bring current events into this but um you know if you see somebody cheating you at uh, the till somewhere mm. oh yeah well that you know that, that's that's theft and yeah. these are the serpents going around him maybe he's maybe he's like rani fuji and giving a finger to god or something but Mm. so so it it gives you a way of understanding the world which is what literature is supposed to do
0: absolutely and yeah again i agree not not to talk about the current times too much but this whole idea of fraud which covers Half of Inferno yes, is the yeah, circle yeah, of fraud. Yeah, right. That is so no. helpful to understand some of the things today. So,
1: so you know, what do we think? The, the common view is that, you know, murder is, I guess, it's the worst thing you could possibly do. Mm. And, uh, um, and offend somebody. God forbid you should offend somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but Dante puts you straight. And it's, you know, murder is... It's there in this river of blood, yeah. but um um fraud is because what Dante's talking about is is um is inferno characterizes all those things that that prevent community
0: mm. mm-hmm.
1: that work against community, and so the yeah. worst thing is the fraud obviously um and uh I, then, then, then you know, Paradiso shows you what the real community should be like. Exactly, yeah, is
0: like. It's so true. It's is everything is fragmented in Inferno. they all like all the souls are are just individuals, and then yeah, there's no group, there's no community there. Uh, it's very true. Um, if well, the I'll, great example
1: is at the end. I was going to say at the end with with Master Adamo and 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 um, and. and what's his name um but they throw they throw they throw nastiness nasty words back and forth and in the end they just too exo- they just go whack and they just whack each other and that's yeah. their community
0: exactly yeah, that's it. so true so but i wondered with um like the first connection people have it done The very often it's it's somewhere maybe around 30 35 years old when they have Kind of enough life experience no, my, to, so you have this and then you no, my, so. you read something there yeah exactly made so they'll come in so that, that is 35 years old and then um, then there's there's something specific that really hits people like because it, it connects to something they have then already as a lived experience uh, do you have any recollection of that from kind of a first uh, specific topic that that hit you or is it just like <laughs> no, all of but, it and the whole cosmology well, yes
1: yeah, there I was, I, I was teaching the Inferno on, on on weekends, hmm. four weekends or something. and So we would have class and then break for lunch and come back, and um, uh, I, I came back one day and I, from lunch, and I, oh no, I haven't a clue what I'm going to do this afternoon. Hmm. <laughs> I hadn't even, I, I'm busy doing something else at lunch, I hadn't thought about this. So I, I just loved it, and we were doing Canto Eight of Inferno on the rivers, on the swamp of sticks. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I just—you get inspired, don't you? And you get into the groove. There's all sorts of words for this. And uh, let's draw a picture. It's a great teacher technique. Mm-hmm. If you're at a loss, just draw a picture. So I drew a picture of of, of the boat, um, and, um, and and Dante on the boat, and I drew a picture of Filippo Argenti coming up, and and. You know, from there I began to see. I guess this was the really great breakthroughs when, um, when Dante says, "Who are you?" No, no. Filippo Argenti first says, "Who are you?" Who comes here before your time? And Dante says, "Who are you?" Mm. Well, poetically, if they're saying the same thing, they are, they are. they are their identities are merging there, and so what Dante is seeing is his own anger rising out of the water, which is the subconscious. Mm. And so it's, and, and that's the first time I really worked out on my own. Mm. I mean, you could say Jungian, but it's it's that sort of deep, depth psychology of, of that appears in every one of these images in the whole divine comedy. But he, see, I love the idea that Dante is on this boat. Okay, I'm cool. I'm not going to get full of this water and this stuff. I have no anger. Mm. And then suddenly <laughs> it arises, and he realizes, oh, I do have anger. Yeah. And I've got to repudiate it. You know, that's, that's not enough. You've got to go through um, um, purgatory to, um, to still have the seed of anger, even if you don't approve of exactly. it. Exactly. Absolutely.
0: Um, okay, so, um, yeah, there's so many things we could talk about here uh, f- from the whole of the comedy, but we wanted to specifically today just focus on the, the moon, the sphere of the moon, uh, as this is uh, where we are now in, in general with this podcast and reading through it in Italian. So, yeah, um, so I thought then, uh, as we go deeper now, for those who are not familiar with Paradiso, the book, so the storyline of the moon is just a tiny fraction of all that's happening in these three and a half chapters. So just but broad strokes where we are then in the whole journey is that this is after the whole climb of, of uh, Mount Purgatory in the second book, and they're up in uh, Garden of Eden, the earthly paradise. And then as Paradiso starts, they take off from the Garden of Eden through the Pilgrim, he's looking up at the sun. He's copying Beatrice, who looks at the sun. And the second he looks up at the sun, uh, he starts ascending without really understanding it himself. And then he has this first mystical experience with sounds and visions, and he sees the cosmic harmonies. Uh, And then they are sucked into the moon as light into water. Then, very briefly here, they meet the blessed souls there. The pilgrim speaks with Picarda. And then afterwards, Beatrice is giving two long speeches uh, about like theology, divine topics about the sphere of the moon. And then after that, he looks at her and then suddenly they ascend up to the next sphere through this the sphere kind of transforming uh, and it's a kind of a change of the spiritual state of, of the pilgrim as he then moves up to the next one. So the first thing I wanted to ask you about with the moon here is, uh, do you have any overall reflections on the substance or purpose of the sphere of the moon? It's a big question reflections.
1: See the moon is about reflections True. too.
0: Um,
1: well, obviously it's, it, it it is well, what Dante has to do in, in in Paradiso there's no there's no question about sin or or wrong will or anything like that, but his intellect uh, needs to be um, not purified but expanded mm-hmm. uh, so, so that in the end he can he can uh, be a receptive to enough light that he can merge with God in the Mm. end so so the only way that you can um take in more light and, and more divine light is by putting yourself in the right position you know I mean I you know I was I was a little bit pissed off this morning um as I was taking the dog out for a walk it doesn't matter what got me out and then as I walked outside you know and I and I had this perception that if I go out and continue walking in this mood I'm going to miss it. Mm-hmm. So whoa I I I turned around metanoia and um and 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 became genial. I mean you can do that with an act of will and then there I was open to this light. Mm. Um I mean, I don't say I had the great divine experience on the on the walk but it was better than being pissed off. Mm-hmm. And um, um so that's what Dante has to do and there are two or three questions that he asks that show that and Beatrice is so funny, she says, oh, you little boy, you still don't get it, do you? And you've got this earthly perception. And, you know, like he says to Picard, hey, doesn't it really bother you that you're here at the bottom instead of higher up in the heavens? And, and, but Picard and all the, all the souls around her just start, start laughing at Dante, you know. Oh, come on now, we're not like that up here. Yes. <laughs> um, so it's all about changing his perspective on things. Yeah. That's, that's, that's where the moon starts and then, and then Mercury just follows right on from it.
0: True. So, uh, so maybe uh, like that point of, of like, he's wondering why they are not, uh, why they are happy being at the lowest level, um, and why they don't want to be higher up in the spheres. Uh, maybe you could just briefly for the listeners explain why they are content and happy.
1: Picardo says that's because um, um, the will of God was that we should be here, and so whatever He wills, you know, because we love God, so therefore we we want to do whatever He wants, and therefore, um, and, uh, what I have never come quite the line right. Nella volontà di in nostra pace. That piece is in His will. Exactly. Okay, but. Um, um, it, it's not like that because Beatrice explains they're not actually here, you know. Exactly. They're 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 just doing this, and this is an amazing point. It's one of the most important, I think, points in the whole Divine Comedy, for literary in literary sense. That they're just here, she says, for your convenience, so you can understand things better. Mm-hmm. And, and and what Dante is is saying on another level is this whole. This whole story of, of this journey through hell, mercatory, and heaven, it's not real. Mm. <laughs> it's not literally true. It's just it's just set up, the literature is just set up this way to help you understand something beyond it. Um, and, and what's beyond it is, you know, beyond all this, you're up in the Empyrean, which is you know, we can hardly understand. Mm. Uh, but um, uh, there's also that sense, and I, I put this on the podcast, and I thought, who knows how I came up with it? But it's, a, I think it's a great point um, that it's not like they are being punished by being in the lowest, the lowest area. It is that they are incapable of, because because of the way they develop their soul during life. That's that's another very important exactly. point. Uh, they are incapable of taking in any more uh, um, divine light. Like if I'd walk out the door pissed mm-hmm. off and. Just a little bit said all oh, right i guess i'm not pissed off so i've repented but if i didn't go through the purgatory of trying to get rid of that then then the amount of divine energy that i that i can take in is limited exactly. but now, now but the image that i use is is uh, and this is this is terribly important for um um in counter three is it um where Beatrice explains that um, um well dante says so is it like Plato? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Is it like Plato who says who says that that the souls each soul is, is born from a particular planet and when it dies it goes back to that planet. That's where it stays. Mm. Um uh, is is that what it's is that what's going on? Beatrice says, Plato's wrong. Mm. And yet you've got this great line, unless we don't understand him properly, which is such a wonderful thing. Before yeah. you judge somebody wrong, just maybe you get it maybe you got it wrong. Yeah. It's not Homer. It's not, you know, that line from Alexander Pope, "Tis not Homer who nods, but we who err. Hmm. So Homer doesn't make any mistakes. Yeah. Dante makes no mistakes. Just we don't quite understand. But, yeah. but well, um, all the souls, all the souls are are as full of divine light as they as they are capable of taking exactly. in. And my analogy was all these people in a cinema watching a film, really enjoying it, hmm. but but you know. The, the ones who just like to get the action are just enjoying that lower level of, of appreciation but they're enjoying it fully yeah. and those who who like to look at the scenery and so on um, yeah. and, you know, that so there's levels I mean and maybe our challenge Dante doesn't say this but maybe our challenge in life is so to expand our our, our heart our mind our imagination soul that that we become like the, best, the the deepest most expansive audience of the film or of life or of heaven mm. or whatever um, i mean that's what dante's doing by rising up it's very funny you know he goes beyond all these other people to go right into the heart of god yeah. absolutely and you know in most myths the hero goes on this journey and then comes back to heal the wasteland mm. Mm. That's the. That. Leaves the wasteland to go on the journey, and then comes back and heals mm. the way. But there's no return in Paradiso. It ends with him with God. But the return, obviously, is is Dante Alighieri writing this poem
0: exactly? Yep.
1: To heal the waste um, because he keeps saying Paradiso is full of references to when you write this poem. Be sure you say this, and you will say this. You'll do this. So it's all it, it's his commission.
0: Mm. Um, and it's also because part, partly the, the the final prayer from Saint Bernard as well. Like, <laughs> give him the vision, but but make sure he doesn't go insane because he he, he has to <laughs> keep his intellect so he can write about this afterwards. Uh, I've I've had this discussion with uh, with other people who or some people who say that uh, that the goal of of the comedy is just to ascend up to the heavens and have the beatific vision, but then and they say we would rather have the heaven. Like the kingdom of heaven coming down on earth. But Dante is also doing that through writing the book. So he's, he's, he's doing both at the same time. Uh, but also, also like, uh, I love the, the way you said this about um, like their level of, of, uh, of the divine light, and also then how he he says that they are all in the Imperium, like in the state of Imperium, but just with different levels of blessedness, kind of the energy is different. And um, as long as they are full, like if they are full vessels, they, they might be small vessels, but they're full. And then, why would they want to be a bigger vessel if they can still be like fully filled up and, and happy in the in the level they have? So, and well, that's because you say
1: that's where I am. I am this size vessel, yep. and that's the truth. And I'm living in the truth.
0: And you can also think maybe being a bigger vessel is not what you should wish for because it could be no too too strong for you it's not necessarily good to be at the eighth or ninth level there because it's very very intense and full of energy spiritual energy yeah. so yeah exactly it could <laughs> rip you apart so uh yeah. and there's also since you mentioned psychology earlier like the the way Beatrice tells him that I am just visualizing these levels physically <laughs> in a sense so your intellect can can understand it because this, you need to use your senses to apprehend new knowledge. It's also like a meta level when, but that Dante tells us as readers that I'm just doing this for you when you read it so you can create yeah, a yeah, visual yeah. image in your mind and then you can orient yourself in this instead of just saying that these are kind of transformations inside your soul that expands your 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 spiritual. like.
1: See, I, I, there's no, I don't think there's an answer to this but um, the, what you've just said the way you have just put it, mm-hmm. I don't think Dante would have understood what you're talking about at all. Yeah. Um, it, it, not in your words, mm-hmm. but the idea he would. But um, you know, this is this is like the idea of did, um, did, did Dante really think that Adam actually existed? Mm-hmm. Was he really? And, and the answer is, he wouldn't know what you're talking about. Mm. I don't that distinction the scientific revolution has made for us between real and unreal mm-hmm. um, is, is it, you know t.s eliot talks about the dissociation of sensibility in the 17th century and this separated the two for us and we but for dante it, it doesn't really matter we don't ask whether adam really existed mm-hmm. adam is there as a character picarda is a character to, to bring out certain points in a story um, so, I, like Shakespeare doesn't care about the anachronisms. Mm-hmm. Um, they will wear hats in Roman time; they don't have that. You know, the, the clock strikes in in Julius Caesar; they don't have clocks striking. But who cares? It fits. It fits the story. And um, it's one of my one. Of, the, the guy who wrote my PhD on Sir Walter Scott. It's really, really one of the first people to make us think about what life is really like mm-hmm. in detail in the past. Um, no anachronisms. Let's get it correct. But that's that's we've gone off the subject. Yeah,
0: yeah. no, it's no, interesting. In a sense, yeah. A sense, well, I mean, this. Uh, I've been I've been writing a, quite a bit now about uh, how to understand medieval and ancient texts, and then to understand that they are these sparkling gems of eternal wisdom. But we have to to change the way we are reading <laughs> because we are shaped into a way of thinking too literal yeah. about things, and uh and just we're not trained or kind of habituated to. To apprehend these metaphorical truths and and and, and be comfortable in it for a longer like for a longer time. So so that's that's part of of what I'm one of the things I'm trying to do with this podcast is to translate Dante into or create bridges yeah. so people can start understanding and think in this manner. Yeah, good.
1: I mean you you know you asked before about people's first experiences with Dante. I've met a lot of people. Oh, da- oh yeah, I love Dante. You know. Um, but they won't read them, and they won't listen to the podcast or anything. Mm-hmm. But they love them. Oh yeah, I really just want to do this someday. Because what do they do? They saw the the Inferno video game, or they they read a comic book, or they've got you know some sort of. They think it's horror things about monsters, yeah. um, you know, coming out of the deep or something. But, uh, but I think um, that is
0: that shows this problem that you mentioned in the beginning that people get a little bit into purgatory and then they just kind of yeah. fade out of it because that's when the spiritual dimension starts to come and the whole allegorical like levels well okay
1: then we, we should speak a minute about the opening of canto mm-hmm. 2 which i think is very important um, and maybe it's a matter of translation mm-hmm. too um, um hold on Canto Two. Let's see, and he and he stops and he says, "Hey, you, hey, everybody, my readers, mm-hmm. um, who who followed in in your um, little boat, yes. Um si the rose, see da You, you there's a lot of there's a lot of yearning and desires in Canto Two. You, you, you want to hear, okay? Um, um, so you've come along this far because you you want to hear all this stuff. Then then this this line." Tornate a Okay. So turn around, he says. Go away. Yep. Put the book down. Yeah. Um, the, uh, um, um, Robert Bly, in this book called The, 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 the um, Maiden King, um, says at the beginning um, uh, we're going to be talking about myths and we're going to be talking about. Um, um, we're not going to be literal and if you're a literalist put the book down it'll only piss you mm-hmm. off and uh, i think he actually the, the words he uses um, so so he, Dante says tornate turn around now he says tornate arrivedere mm-hmm. what does that mean
0: uh, for me it's uh, to to re see to see again or to to get back to
1: so turn around. No, but it's the it's the, it's the uh, that I'm worried about, the pronoun. Mm. T- uh, turn around. Uh, uh, this this older translation says "turn to revisit your own shores," but Hollanders try to say "turn turn around" if you want to get back to your shore. Mm. So they, they they see that "ah" there as if you want to mm. get back home, and and. Um, you know, when Dante talks to us directly, it's important. Mm. Uh, and uh, so, what kind of reader wants to get back to his, um, to, to his elite, to his shores? And and that's the kind of person who opens a book, and reads it. Okay, fine. Now I'll go off to lunch. Yeah. Uh, I'm back in my. You know, nothing's changed.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
1: and, and uh, that's that's where i'm reading i'm happy okay i was i was sad now i've read this book it's picked my spirits up or something but now i'm you know i'm back to i haven't really changed you know that line from rilke you know you must change your life mm. uh, uh, and uh, you know anybody who wants to read this book these are people who read it for the monsters or for oh it's so beautiful or um um Oh well, here's here here's Dante, Dante is citing Saint Augustine here, but but that's the controversy with Saint Saint Augustus Saint
0: Augustus,
1: yeah. Bonaventure or somebody, and so those are scholars, and they're taking this apart or linguists or whatever, and but they're not being being transformed exactly. by the reading, yeah. and um, so then there's the other ones. Um, um, who have who have eaten the bread of angels? Who who desire to eat the bread of angels, mm-hmm. which is which is the transformation? And um, um, but the thing is, he says it will. um um satolo. Uh, nobody comes away satisfied. Mm. You're not. He sings, you're not going to be satisfied when you finish the Paradiso. Mm. Of course you're not. You're just starting the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, you've got this transformed view, and there's more and more and more to come forever. And that's, you know, it's it's a bit like when they go up to Mercury yeah. and um and the souls say, oh, it's so great. Somebody else is here. We can expand our love. Mm-hmm. And all you do in heaven is expand your love, expand your love, expand your love. Expand your love. So you're never satisfied. Um, so true. Um, and maybe God is never satisfied either, because he keeps expanding his life. Exactly. Um, yeah.
0: No, but it's it's fantastic because, well, I mean, the whole comedy is about changing the way you see and perceive and experience the world. <laughs> so, so but, the transformation there is the whole point. Uh, since you had a reference, it, it also reminds me of uh, Marcel Proust. Is another one of my favorites. But it's very kind of famous, but it's like, um, uh, like the, the the greatest journey of life is actually not. Like traveling, but to see the world with new eyes that is the real journey, which is some of the same, like your mm-hmm. change. Uh, but also, uh, like the tour that you pointed out was that was one of my first favorites of Paradiso. Like when he says, then right afterwards, like if you follow me, like in your tiny boat, <laughs> um, that if you the warning that if you lose me, you will be totally lost, you lost. like smarite. Yeah. you would you be you will remain. Totally lost, and then Smariti is is almost pointing back to the so, opening line of like uh, that you're lost in the dark Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So, yeah. but I think part of what I loved about that that sentence is like it's not uh, it's it's something you have to relate to. Like it's like he says there is a requirement to be able to understand yes. this book. You can't read it in any way you will, would like to, because then you would probably just still be lost. You have to be ready, be prepared. To be able to understand what I'm talking about, you have to go through Mount Purgatory a few times at least to have changed your mind and become receptive for this.
1: You know, you know. Yes, indeed. Um, And I can, and I think it's in Augustine's De Christiana Doctrina, De Doctrina Christiana, um, Christian Doctrine. Mm -hmm. I think it's there where Augustine says that the only important criterion for reading things properly is if it generates caritas mm. if 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 it makes you more loving yes. otherwise and then also <laughs> so that you understand it all together you can think that dante is all about you know that the, the paradiso is all about your marriage yeah yeah whatever so, yeah and and, and but if it makes you more loving in your marriage you've read it
0: right but it's also i just often like to point out that this carita idea is about the love of, of divinity, of the divine, it's not it's not the love of your spouse. Like it is something much, much bigger. And it's also your love of being in itself, that you're just grateful and loving being, which is a much wider kind of. It other people
1: too, because they're all infused
0: with this. Exactly.
1: Uh, who was it? Who's, I can't remember where I read this, but somebody was saying, you know, he was a great teacher, This whoever that was. Um, and I asked him, what makes you such a good teacher? And he says, well. Every time I, I, I see a student, I think of, of the divinity in the student oh, and address that.
0: Yes. That, that can, is yeah. so beautiful. Sure. Sure, try doing that every time,
1: but never
0: mind. <laughs> well, it's an aspiration, you know. Like you said, like suddenly you I'm have really, a morning where you're a bit grumpy about something. That's that's a part of life too. <laughs> so, so um, but you know, that points me to uh, like we had on the list of, like a favorite tarsit, like uh, for both of us here. And then uh, what you said there t- points directly to the one I chose, which is uh, that he comes to this point where he he realizes that the the, the divine light and the glimmer of the divine is everywhere around you in the smaller joys in your life. So if you just go on a walk and you, you you know, it can be like see a beautiful river or some mountains, or you can play the guitar and love it, or see a beautiful movie or enjoy yes. the companionship of a good friend. All of those are glimmers of this bigger idea of the divine love and the divine light. Uh, but what surprised me is how direct uh, Beatrice is when she's saying this to him because she says explicitly uh, in, this, in Italian, uh, se altra cosa vostro amor seduce. Like, if other things your, in plural, love seduces, non è se non di quella alcun vestigio. Like, it is nothing but of a small vestige, or like a fragment, mal conosciuto di cui vi tra luce. Like, badly recognized, that is here through shining. And it's so... It's so practical that suddenly you can think of things in your own life or in your whole life history and you can see all those incidents and you can think all of these could be seen then as as incidents or glimmers of this overall <laughs> divine light that has been blessing parts of your life that
1: which is why he begins in a dark wood yeah yeah yeah, wood, like? yeah. and of course then in the um in the in the the lustful circle we've got
0: onya Yep. yes
1: which is an amazing line. All light is yep. mute.
0: I mean, you can you can, see? You can I mean, also say, see the, or like say about the whole comedy. It is just from darkness to light. That is the whole, <laughs> in a theological sense. That's that is the whole movement. So, um, and
1: yeah. Well, so then what do you do with the with the angry people in purgatory yeah. who are in darkness? You see. So there So we return to darkness for yeah. to Oh patterns.
0: yeah. Oh, I love that part. The, the, in this dark fog of 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 anger. Yeah. Now um, here's a word yeah.
1: that that sort of um, when we're talking about um, uh, Picarda, she um, she desired um, uh, she chose to become a nun mm. uh, and and of the of the strict Saint Clair um, um, sisterhood, but she wanted she divine life in Chiella Saint Clair. Mm. In Ciela, which is which is i think it's the first time in paradiso that we get one of dante's made up words there's a whole lot of these words that did begin with in mm. like into ara yep to which is which is for me to to come into you and 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 in in Ciela is for the heavens to come into me or me to come into the heavens mm. and it doesn't matter because it's both ways and that takes us to the other word, which which is conjuncture, conjuncture, mm. um, yeah. um to be conjoined, yeah. which lovely is the same word in Italian and English. But it, and that's 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 the amazing thing about being on the moon. Uh, I am in it, yeah. but um, I haven't disturbed its essence at all, and it hasn't disturbed mine. And that, that, this is this is this is our first taste of heaven. Mm. You see, um, and, and, and this, this this conjunction goes through the whole poem where and it is we've talked about community, lack of community in hell this community here which is all conjoining, con mm. merging, coming together and exchanging and exchanging and and this is um, I think the most important issue at least for Dante in these in the moon is the issue of free will mm. yes. Um, and, and, you know, that is the, that is the greatest gift that you've ever received mm-hmm. is your free will. Uh, how many people think about that? Yeah. See, and who are the worst people? Who are the worst people in the divine comedy? And it's not, it's not, um, the fraudulent. It's in, in, in the vestibule mm-hmm. because they never made a choice. Yeah. See, I mean, They're not in hell proper because... Because even people in hell would look down on them, and they're not allowed to look down on anybody. Mm-hmm. So these exclusive enemies, they just, you know, I'll just, I, oh, the Daily Mail. Oh, yeah, that tells me this. I'll just do it. You <laughs> see, they made no choice. They made no choice. They're following this flag they don't even understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so so this is, um, the, the free will is a gift.
0: Oh, yes. I mean, it's. it's- so if,
1: if it's a gift, it's an exchange. Mm-hmm. So it's, I've been given it, and now what the thing about these vows, which is another issue here, is that I, you know, I give it back to you. Hmm. Okay, so it's so it's up and down, back or, or sideways, or whatever you take it. But it is it is exchange, and this is the issue. With um, um, well, what about what about Dante says? I mean, is there any way they can make up for having broken their vow? Which is the question we are dying to ask ourselves? Mm-hmm. Well, come on now, that's a bit harsh. Um, and and Beatrice, and this is one thing you have to get used to. And this is we're introduced to this in these very heavy opening cantos. Um, is is the scholastic arguments. Mm-hmm. And um, um, you know, our our scientific and pragmatic uh, culture would say, yeah, what can you do to make up for your vow? just tell me and and i'll do it it's a transaction it's a transactional i'll just do it and and none of these people in parody so answer any question straight nor by the way does jesus but that's another whole issue Mm -hmm. um but so, so you start off let's make a distinction oh come on not another one of those it's so boring you know, the modern reader, scholastic, well, that's why That's why they broke away from it. Mm. You know, you can picture all these people in the 16th century getting so fed up with this sort of argument, or 17th century, certainly. Mm. Um, but um, we're bored by the delay. Just tell me the answer. And yet, when you finish this scholastic argument, making these distinctions and definitions, and so, you end up with this joyful moment of understanding. Oh, I understand. Because the distinction she makes is okay. There's two parts to a vow. Mm-hmm. There's the transaction, and then there is the, what we might call the the relationship. So that, you know, I mean, a, I mean, a mm-hmm. vow is the most important kind of promise. Mm-hmm. A vow mm-hmm. is sacrificing your free will to God. But it, even on other promises, I could promise to meet you at eleven o'clock. Mm-hmm. And um, and and I don't I don't. For some reason, come at eleven o'clock. Um, so w- w- you know, w- um, I've broken my promise. All right, the the transaction has been broken. I can correct it by saying, oh, look, it's okay. Eleven um, thirty, and you know, and you say, okay, fine, we'll do eleven thirty, and that's fine. We've 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 mended that part. But there's the other part, which is the the relationship, and you may start to feel. Hey, what's the, with this guy? He can't even, he, you know, he he, he never gets there on time, and and somehow I've got to make up that relationship, not just the transaction, yeah. so that well, that I have to say something like, look, um, um you know, let's spend three hours together. Then mm. I'll give up all my time for for the three hours, and. And I'm showing you how sorry I am, and how I want to amend it. And um, and then when we realize this distinction that she's making, we suddenly realize that's the way life goes. Mm. This is—we're not just talking about the mechanics of, of 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 this, but we're talking about the the relationships, the human aspect here. And um, I just was in some sort of talk about AI. Mm-hmm. And the wonderful things it can do, it cannot have a relationship.
0: It's true, yeah. So uh, I just in my that's what it's about. so in my head, I'm thinking about the trust dimension because that's if you break the trust, then yeah. then that's that's a bigger problem than you not coming at eleven o'clock. So then, how do you how do you yeah. mend the trust? But I had this very similar discussion about AI yesterday. I mean, this is way on the side, but. Uh, you you can't have a trust like they hallucinate all the time they make up things they make up i try to to uh, find out uh, if michelangelo was a catholic or not and then it kept giving me answers. And then I said, But do you have any references, like concrete references? Not saying that he painted the Sistine cap- chapel, because that doesn't mean he's ca- a Catholic. And then it made you start making that what he said. Did it say yeah. that? He painted yeah. this. He made a lot of uh, you know, religious motives, therefore. And then I said, Do you have any specifics? And then it it started, he said, Well, in sonnet 61, there's a line where it says, All my art comes from the source of God, or something. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. I l- I spent half an hour looking it up. And then there was nothing about that in that Sonnet 61. And then the trust is broken then. Th- then I just know that you can't trust anything it says. It becomes an assistant that is very unreliable. It's sometimes brilliant, but sometimes it's wrong. So then, then uh, yeah, this is a I'm side sorry. tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> I w- I'm sorry.
1: I would have said you shouldn't have even thought about trusting it. Yeah.
0: Well, that's true. Yep. Yeah.
1: Because all it does all it does is gives you information, and that's what and that's what Dante wants yeah. you see Dante says um um, I just want to know about those moon spots mm. now actually, that's got nothing to do with his journey. his journey is to learn about how to get closer to God. the moon spots are just some sort of you know curiosity right um uh, but it turns out to be a great question you see um um, but he just wants information yep. for that part yes. and and she she gives him much more than he expected and yes. uh, so, you know, there's information and there's 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 wisdom, mm. and,
0: and <laughs> ai is not wise very very true but, yeah. yeah it's terrible so um, yeah but. uh it's, so, it's also interesting that in uh, like you had in count to 5 um I mean, we talk about like how he's changing and then through Beatrice's uh, speeches. It's also interesting. She has two speeches and I counted the tercets. And the first one is 33 tercets long, which is then three and three. And the second one is 27, which is together nine, which is three and three. But 27 is also three times three times three. (laughs) So I think that's part of this numerology part of Dante that he's having fun with this because that makes her speech even more of kind of a, a divine revelation through the numbers it's just amazing that, that you know that he did it without a computer yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> without yeah. his own desk yeah you know he's
1: it's incredible that you know that's why he's got to ask for aid from from the muses and everybody yeah because so, he you can't do it on your but, own
0: exactly so and but then she said there that, that uh, I, I thought this was kind of the, the major thresholds in in paradiso when she says to him that uh i can by now already see it through like this first Mystical ascent and the learning he, he's had so far that she said, I, "I can already see the eternal light in your intellect, like ja risplende, like already is shining uh, tua eterna luce, like in your intellect, the eternal light, and that's already then suddenly he's merging this so he can see, or she says <laughs> in the sense then this, the yeah. spiritual life has already become kind of ignited and opened to in a little extent. And from here on, it's just going to widen. So, uh,
1: so to what extent is that, is that us? Is she seeing it in us?
0: Well, you know, in a sense, what, exactly. It's When you read about this, if you visualize it and kind of feel it, then you can wonder, did Dante do that for us right now, here? Like, suddenly?
1: No, it's irrele- that's irrelevant whether he did it for yeah. us. It happens yes. for us. Yeah. You know, it's, it's futile to worry about what Dante mm. meant, I think. I think that... that um, this may be part of my the, the, my cultural upbringing, mm-hmm. but we um, <clears throat> we called this. There were two heresies in literary criticism mm-hmm. in the in the fifties and sixties. One was the autobiographical heresy, yeah. where you you think that uh, you look at the person's life and then you say, "Aha, you know, that's why he put um, you know Montefeltro in hell because he was an yeah. enemy." <clears throat> that's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, well, sort of and the other is the intentional fallacy Mm -hmm. which is what he intended well how do you know with very crusty professor we had at amherst um someone someone would say well i think see i um shakespeare meant here Mm -hmm. and he would say shakespeare's dead true what do you know what do you know so that so that i avoid i mean i'm instinctively avoiding those kind of remarks because what i want is our engagement with the text true now if you give me a note that says that dante was exiled as he was writing this and if that helps me with the text then he's yes saying. but if it doesn't you know, but
0: uh, at the same time i mean we um, he's explicit that he wants to move people from from misery to happiness for example and as we talk about... Yeah, like, that's explicit he, that's explicit. like his intention is to transform us like the, there's no there's no doubt yes. that that's his, <laughs> that's what he the effect like he's aiming for an effect with his work, both individually and m- broadly for both society, culture, and for kind of humanity as well. So it's uh, um, but that on the small, like on the details, is uh, I'm yeah, that then it's more, uh, more the effect- isn't that,
1: isn't that. <sighs> isn't that what happens like after Justinian's talk where I mean you know, the idea that what we need is this universal code of law which yes. we have but needed to be enforced we need people to promote it yes. you see yeah. and, and one I, of the ways that people are promoting it yeah. is if Dante writing this poem helps promote Justinian's laws
0: yes yes absolutely sure. and yes. that that's is culture civilizations they have to uh, align with the divine truth as well if they don't it goes very badly very quickly <laughs> that is i mean now we're into the second sphere it uh, is it's funny like and that's a fantastic topic for for maybe like the next talk about the second sphere but it it contrasts that uh, what dante is showing us on the first sphere is more the personal part like the personal transformation like your your uh, your Just how, how you relate to your own soul how you understand your own soul uh, and and the vows and how like you should be serious if you if you want to, uh, commit yourself or sacrifice yourself to the spiritual. You have to understand that it's it's a serious thing. Uh, then the and it's contrasted to the second sphere, which is very much the whole civilization, humanity level, which is uh, which is uh, a natural second step. Oh, yeah. Perhaps
1: there's something else I wanted to say about that opening of concert two, mm-hmm. about the, the the little your little boats and a few um, um, and that, and that that what he's basically saying is don't keep reading unless you are ready you know willing free will yep. to to come to these strange new lands yes okay now i'm always looking as a literary person at uh, not just at what's happening at each moment but at how everything plays off of each other mm-hmm. so how does you know why does he open canto two like that if he's then going on to Picarda and breaking your vow and that's that is sort of leading into it because we have if we continue here, we're making a kind of a vow to, oh yes, you know, in a way, put our people aside and conjoin with Dante's. Uh, I mean, I, what Whitman says, so what I assume, you shall assume. Yes. And, and so if, if we're not willing to do this, don't take the vow and continue reading.
0: I love this so much because I've seen this as he is asking or uh, requiring a consent from us. Like mm-hmm. you're reading, you're in your, you, you read this in your own mind. You have to make the decision with your will that you are going along with this text or not.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> absolutely <laughs>
0: amazing. But just a couple of things with the free will. You said so, so many good things before here. Uh, so um, one, like that we we have the free will, we gifted the free will. Uh, one way to look at this is that, or the thinking for the medievals is like, if you didn't have the free will, then you don't exist as a person. Then you are nothing. No. Then you are just like a like a cause and effect machine. You, you're just like there's no there's no you there at all. So for them it was like this is not a way of Well, we see them in the vestibule. We see yeah, we see who they are in the vestibule. Yeah. And then another thing is like this uh, And and I did not
1: think death had undone so many. Yeah. The, the, most of the world is there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, most yeah, oh the yeah. World. And the, and the and the gates are super wide <laughs> into inferno. The the gate to purgatory, like to the ante purgatory, is this tiny little opening in the hedge that can be it's just <laughs> one Yeah, you can't find little, it one <laughs> little a little ball of grass can kind of cover it up. <laughs> That's <laughs> so you need a help to find it and it's still tiny And yet
1: and yet on the shore of Purgatory in in One mm-hmm. the boat comes across filled with, with people. Yeah. And they, they, they jump out, and it goes right back again, uh, uh, and um, t- Casella says he's going to get some more. And they, he, it's a constant stream, so there's a constant stream of saved souls, yes. even if they're not as many as are down below. Exactly. That's what struck me this last time. There's a lot of them. Mm.
0: Um, uh, just another thing, this is for the listeners most, like the- some people could think when he talks about al- you get the free will and you have to align your free will with the divine will. Instead of thinking of divine will as something that is deciding and controlling everything, it's more meant to be the, the fabric of reality. It is ultim- it's the truth about reality. So if you understand reality, then that is, and you align with that, that is also the path to freedom. Because if you don't align with it and you reject it, you think you might think you're freer, but you actually become a slave to the vices and to your passions and to the bad instincts in yourself. So you, you're less free in that sense.
1: There, there is the prayer in, in the um, Matins, in the old Anglican Book of Common Prayer, which, which says, um, um, in his service is perfect freedom. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know say oh for goodness sake you know what you mean like i'm not allowed to you know fornicate or something that's not freedom i want to do what i want no that's not the point exactly in his services what you're saying which is what is happening right now yes and that's what um uh, that i think that's i mean i was trying to find a sense of of picard that she wasn't sorry this, i'm trying to find a sense of Picardo that she wasn't being punished there or something, mm. and there's a sense in which Picard and Constanza and they 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 stand for all the oppressed people mm. who have had whose will has been overridden by somebody else, um, and I mean Dante is basically i saying basically they should have they should have died rather than <laughs> being like Saint Lawrence or something. Um, yes, and that's tough, but Dante's tough, but. But there's also the sense that they have understood where they are. Yes. And in in yes. la sua voluntate, it, it, that's the will, and that's our perfect peace. Um, so that you and I are you and I are sitting here in these two different places, mm-hmm. and if we're saying, you know, oh look, I've got my bread, my, I'm making bread downstairs, but if my oh, i got to get you know, my mind is on that instead of right here with mm-hmm. us, then I then. you know there's no peace yeah but if i'm here even if even if we're disagreeing and even if we're fighting an argument which we're of course not but if we were if i'm still here there's that peace Mm. it's very hard for people to understand that but you have to experience it and there is um there is something here about experiencing you've got oh yes you can't understand the sweetness of eternal life till you taste it
0: yeah exactly
1: um You've got to experience any of this stuff, and that's what you and I are doing—is trying to show mm-hmm. how this connects to the life that all
0: of us are living. Yeah. Otherwise, what the hell? What do you, you know, listen? Uh, uh, yeah, it's so true, and I, I wanted to like encourage people. Just like th- what you said now before, like the the freedom is like if you understand the, the spiritual, like that. the The first step I would say is to try to understand what they mean. Before you, before you judge it as right or wrong, you have to understand what yeah. the the people who believe this, what are they saying? What do they mean? So you know, it's like listening to people. If you have a very secular people trying to explain Paradiso, they're not gonna understand the depths of it properly because they reject it before they start. So, so it's just like, and it, but if you understand what people actually mean with things, then you can make your make your own judgment on it. and
1: how do you understand you have to you have to change your perspective yes. which is what's going on right exactly here. um yeah otherwise otherwise you know this is the problem about evangelicals who go out and just you know well the bible says yeah. uh that you know we've got so so what well the bible is the word of god well my perspective says, it's, how do you get to that point? Mm. And so if I want to discuss, I have to put, have to understand your perspective that you think that this is the exact word of God, that you shouldn't mix milk and meat, for instance. Yeah. So I guess you have to go that far. And uh, um, Yeah, I think you should give people... They're not going to evangelize me at all, or anybody, if they don't see the other person's perspective. Yeah, and you've got
0: to give people time. you got to say, like, well, I'm going to spend a few years at least to try to understand this view or like the way they apprehend things uh, because you had to change your brain also biologically, you know, you had to actually like reshape some of your brain, like to, to be able to understand these things. So,
1: but, you know, you know, wh- one thing you said on a previous podcast mm-hmm. was that um, um, Patricia understands Dante's thinking. Yeah. She can read his thoughts because it's on his face. She can yes. understand his expressions. I don't. I don't. I disagree. I think that she can understand it because she can. Um, she can. She can merge into his mind. Oh yes, yes. That all these people in heaven—they're—they're they're, they're all merging with each other. There's that great thing later on where he says, um, 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 "If I could see into you the way you can see into yes. me, then I wouldn't be saying this. I'd be right away." And. And you know, of course, Dante cannot see into their minds because he's not exactly. there yet. But yep. they can. This is what this is what true relationship is about. I was just thinking of the, you know the letters of um, of Robert Browning and Elizabeth Barrett, mm-hmm. famous love letters, um, which we can't understand because they're sort of in a code. They leave out so many words yeah. uh, because they were in love with each other. They didn't have to explain anything. Yeah. They were they they, they were um, in duara. They were in each other's. So they could join. Yeah. yeah ex- exactly.
0: That? Yeah. Um yeah and and I I also loved it when you said like this this the, when he uses the word conjunto that Beatrice and the pilgrim and the first sphere which is then the divinity here are oh. suddenly conjunto it's so tremendously powerful because in your head then you might just like oh this is now merged like this is we're looking at this as one thing and that is the whole shift from looking at well one of the many things <laughs> is that it shifts from thinking about your soul, for example, as this this delineated unit, that is you from outside the rest of the world to seeing things as combined and joined together. (laughs) And that's one of the most important shifts of perspective that is necessary to understand the book, I would say. Yeah. There's, um,
1: you know, it's like, it's like the, um, the cross in this, in the, in the sphere of, um, Mars, Mm -hmm. uh, no, it's the eagle, the eagle in Jupiter that that um, that starts speaking. Um, in, is it is it plural or is it singular when they're speaking? Because mm. they're all speaking, and, and uh, it's both. Yes, yeah. It's both. And a, you know, this is why it's poetry. So you can get a balance be- between various different ways of understanding. It. Yeah,
0: and you can you can express paradoxes very quickly, easily. Then... See, I don't
1: think Sino, 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 Thomas Aquinas doesn't can't do that because mm. he's writing theology and philosophy and it's got to be absolutely yeah. clear and delineated exactly yeah um, yeah
0: very true um okay so we could easily go on for another hour but i think we're gonna um, try to move towards a little close here even if it's tempting to, to yeah, keep going yeah. um so i mean so we talked about now all these different aspects of uh, of the sphere of the moon as the first step uh, on this journey. So um, I just wanted, to, like, yeah. Do you have any, any uh, final thoughts on this? Uh, I just want to reference one thing you say in one of your podcasts about this. You talk about... When he invokes uh, Apollo, he talks about uh, Marcius, and then you have this interpretation that when Marcius is pulled out of his skin <laughs> because he, he dares to challenge Apollo in an, in like a poetry <laughs> duel of such, uh, that that's also a, a, a metaphor, an image of, of shedding your skin and being kind of, uh, if not reborn, but at least that you are transformed through it. Um, so any, any final thoughts, uh, like overall, again, for... Wait, what do you see about that?
1: So... There's two parts to my perceiving that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One is that I, um, I didn't want to see Apollo as a sort of villainous deity mm. <laughs> because I don't think that's at all the right spirit for, for reading mm. this. So what mm-hmm. makes so in what way does that terrible incident become a sort of image of a of a divine yeah. w- uh, operation? Mm-hmm. And number two is looking carefully at the language yes. and. And the, and and you're going to find oddities all over the place. And so so when he when he took him out of his shell, what? Yeah. What's and and so then you've got. I had your, your mind. The the what Thomas Merton calls the true self and the false self, and the true self came out, or the soul came out of the false self, a, a yeah, persona. Exactly. Um, so, so all those things come together and it says. You know, so somehow some news came down as I was p- preparing the, that and and showed me this is this is this is what's going on of course because it's poetry there'll be 12 other things going on at the exactly. same time but ne- never mind never <laughs> mind
0: it is I it's almost it's not humoristic but it's um it's at least fascinating like the, the way he also treats Ulysses and he invents stories about ulysses <laughs> for his to express things, uh, and so he, he can use the tradition in in a slightly new way, and kind of and evoke new, new wisdom through that. Um, so, but right at the end there, I just wanted uh, to make this a little bit. I mean, we we've, we've been quite practical on a lot of this. I feel like the, for this hour, uh, but if you have one or two main reasons for people, the listeners now, why they should read uh, *Paradiso* and *The Sphere of the Moon*, and like what kind of practical impact they should. They should they should the hope for or kind of the motivation for it.
1: Um, it's 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 what in in mythic terms is called the guardian at the gate,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, uh, who you know, throughout the, the the divine company you keep finding these guardians, these formidable figures who check you out. Uh, you know, you don't come any further. Even the even the words on the doorway of, of inferno is the guardian of the gate. So don't come any further unless you're ready you see and you get this in all fairy tales and myths and so on. so and this and this is the guardian at the gate for the paradiso. Mm. Um, if you can get through Beatrice's scholastic reasoning in these cantos, okay okay you may proceed yes. you may proceed and so so persist in this and you know the, the, the best editions have great notes mm. and, and it will take you some time and you won't remember everything. Um, I mean, I had to go back and reread and revisit all this stuff this week in preparation for this because I didn't quite remember everything about it. And rereading it, I saw more in it. Exactly.
0: Um,
1: so that, like one student, I think we were reading Joyce's Ulysses, and the student said, well, like he's supposed to, like, like he thinks we're supposed to read this book another time too. Yeah. Yes, he is. And so is Dante, you know, Dante, I suppose, assumes that we're supposed to memorize all this because they would have
0: been able to. I do have a friend so who much, said, I, I have know. read, I read the comedy and, uh, and that's it. <laughs> no re- no reason yeah. to read it again. And I thought that's we are not on the same, fair. same, <laughs> same yeah. thing here.
1: Yeah, they were back They were back to those three meetings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I got the information and now I, I moved on. So, um uh, uh, yeah, no, but but I, I love this like the 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 idea that it is indeed it is the portal. It is also like this this kind of paradox when like they get into the moon and then you have this. They are solid bodies and the moon is a solid body. How can this be in the same? Like there's you have these paradoxes and you have this as you said there, the scholastic reasoning which is kind of complicated and rough to get through. But that the meta thing there is also that the rewards are fantastic. This is a necessary step to get these rewards. So you should look at it. Also in a positive light that this is a helper for you, uh, so so that is. Um, I mean, the 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 main gate is the sun with the, the fourth sphere, but as in all the, the three books, you have like a a preface yeah. there, and then you have the real one later. But the moon is quite yeah, massive yeah. in in how much he puts in there to just really reorganize your your whole <laughs> thinking and your apprehension of yourself and the world, like the cosmic structure and fabric and and also the idea of the transformation. So it's uh, it's it is the lightning, uh, um, the metaphor that they are ascending like as lightning, <laughs> because that's how intense and dense it is. Yeah, if
1: you're going to go to heaven, you you have to expect some sort of uh, you know preparation, not just purgatorial yeah, preparation. Exactly, it, purgatory
0: is like you have to time. climb with both your hands and your feet. The pilgrim is whining a lot this is so hard (laughs) it's a bit like how far is it left of that it's like well this is just but it's going to get easier but then once you get on top there and this the revelations in in uh, the garden of eden then suddenly it just there's no there's no delay in it and i guess i guess that's a part of it like once your your consciousness and your spirit is ready for it then you can just take it in and, and you just have to be careful. That's
1: beyond your free will.
0: Yeah, and then, I mean, he, he almost gets blinded there for a, a point already because there's too much for him because it happens, so there's this little caution that also to take it, <laughs> to take it in portions. All you need is your free will to
1: say, I, I consent to go on this. Yeah. Now you're at the end of Canto 2 of the Inferno. Exactly. And then everything is done for you, for your best good, even though no, it's painful and, and, and confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And you face the moment, and when you have a question, you ask yes. it. I mean, one one characteristic that runs through the whole of Divine Comedy is all about questions and yeah. answers, every single step of the way. Yeah. I mean, which is an
0: exchange and community too. Exactly, and well, that's a that's a great final kind of item here. But that Beatrice <laughs> is explicit with this. I mean, there's always one more, isn't there? <laughs> but, but that uh, the questions are like at the at the at the at the feet like the piedi of truth. Uh, they will grow little buds of doubts and these doubts are the things that will push and propel yeah. you upwards yeah. from peak to peak up to the highest summit so that's really encouraged to be inquisitive yeah. and ask questions the alternative, yeah.
1: the alternative is well let me just give you you know a um, paradise made easy or I'll give you, yeah. let me give you the handbook yeah. and that'll give you all the answers yes. and then you've got it and close the book you yeah. go away and that's um that that's our culture's way of doing yeah. it, uh, but
0: we're special. Exactly. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, okay, so um, I think we can wrap it up there. I uh, just want to say thank you so much again to uh, Robert Louis Abramson. So he's the Emeritus Professor in English for the European Division of the University of Maryland and host of the wonderful Evening on the Lamplight podcast. And uh, I hope some of this might have been useful for uh, inputs, inspiration for all of you listening today. Uh, If there's maybe one essential takeaway from reading the first sphere of Paradiso, it could be that starting this journey can change how you perceive the world and your own soul and your consciousness and make you slowly discover the abundant wealth you might find once you embark upon this adventure up through the spheres of paradise. So thanks again, everyone, and we'll be back soon with another episode. See you then.